Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. So this should be interesting. Uh, this is my first time using a mixer to do the podcast. I'm, I'm using the Zoom Track L8, which is a wonderful tool to use if you're doing something like this. And there's a, there's, it's a bit of a learning curve, um, but I'm enjoying learning it. I'm learning more and more things about it. So I may be a little bit clunky and more so than normal throughout this, but I'm trying to do it as if it's a live show, as if it's a live, you know, just in case I'm ever in a position where I am streaming, doing something live, or if I'm doing, you know, I don't know that, you know, radio is the direction I want to go, but that's kind of how the, I wanted to treat, um, you know, this episode as if I'm just doing a live radio show. So uh, they say you never forget your first time. So, you know, I guess we'll all find out together if that's uh, if that's true or not. But, um, you know, it, we've got Fourth of July weekend coming up. And I meant to say, you know, I, I'm on here and it's funny, you know, you're in a, a room by yourself and you're you know, making your little funny jokes to yourself and there's no one in the room to laugh. Um, and I've not done stand up in a while, but you know, for that a second ago where I say, you never forget your first, I should have had this play and it didn't work. So anyway, so we are right off to a good start here. Let me try that again. Let me, let me do this. Let me do what I meant to do here. This is fun. We're, we're, we're having fun today. Aren't we? Listen to this right here. There we go. It's a little bit of canned laughter, so that's wonderful. Um, it usually helps it whenever you play a sound effect if you have the sound turned up. And what you didn't hear was on the beginning of all this, I started recording without actually having my microphone set to record, so I would have just been talking for however long, and you wouldn't have heard it because it was on mute. And you probably wish it was on mute right now because I'm kind of just rambling. But it is. It's uh, it's 4th of July weekend. No, I'm not going to play the laugh track again. It's uh, it's Fourth of July weekend as I'm recording this and uploading this, and you know I don't want to get uh, too heavy into anything political. Everybody's doing that right now. It's a it's a strange time in America. Um, there are a lot of different things, a lot of different moving pieces, and I, and I wanted to say, if you haven't listened to either parts of my conversation with Brandy Augustus yet, I would strongly advise you do that. Uh, not because of me, but because you know, I said this multiple times, but her perspective her outlook on life and the, the line of work that she's in and the community that she's a part of her perspective is a valuable one and one that too often gets overlooked and misunderstood and so even if you listen to her and don't agree with her that's fine I would just advise people and something I've had to talk to myself about a lot lately is listen to understand don't just listen. I had a close friend of mine tell me that last night. She said, you know, listen to understand. Don't always listen to respond. You know, if you watch any type of television, especially if you watch ESPN, you know, you watch first take, you'll see, you know, Stephen A and Max arguing. And a lot of times they're saying the same things, but it's, no, oh, well, you made a good point. Well, no, I got to make a better point. You know, the entire idea of shows like Pardon the Interruption and Around the Horn on ESPN are, even if you agree with each other, well, my point needs to be better than yours. So, like, even when we agree, we're still trying to outdo each other. So, you know, argument television and argument culture is at an all-time high. And, you know, if, if there's any, you know, former relational acquaintances of mine listening, they're going to go, oh, well, Nate, you don't you don't like to argue? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, I definitely am here for a good debate, a good argument. But, you know, 
get the information first, pick and choose your battles, you know, because again, a lot of times you could be saying the same thing as someone else, but you know, language is a funny thing. Um, you may have the same perspective as somebody and not even realize it because you're both saying things completely differently, but maybe agree. So anyway, I digress, you know, I always, um, I'm always interested in, um, what someone believes and why they believe it, even if I don't agree with it, you know, I'm, you know, today, like, I think people that, you know, that know me fairly well know that, especially if you ever see me at the gym, you know, sweating, like I'm usually wearing at least one article of clothing on my body has a Nike logo on it. Uh, even if it doesn't have the swoosh, it might say just do it, or it might be an Air Jordan, you know, logo, the Jumpman or, or whatever, a pair of Jordan shoes or what have you. And, you know, I got an iPhone, you know, I'll be jamming the music with my iPhone and, you know, that's all well and good, but you know we we hear a lot all the time about how those companies are using sweatshops and using slave labor to create their product, and it's one of those things where it's kind of dirty because you know that it's going on, but you kind of go, ah, well, there's not really anything I can do about it. And yeah, you know, there was a story that came out, you know, today as I'm recording this, uh, Forbes reported it, and also the Washington Post, and I'm sure other reputable news sources. Um, re reputable news sources, you know, a relative term these days, but, you know, those are decent sources if you're going to learn something. Um, and, you know, they broke down a story today about Nike, Adidas, Apple, uh, Microsoft, other companies, Samsung, how they were using, and went into detail about how this slave labor operates and how they're contracted and you know, usually ranging from 16 to 18 years old and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff within the Chinese government that, you know, enables these things. And, you know, you take for granted, speaking of Fourth of July weekend, you take for granted as an American sometimes the type of freedom that you have because it, in places like China, uh, especially at those ages that they have those children, they're still children working, is that you're punished, extradited, jailed a lot of times for believing anything remotely different from what that government or that group that you're a part of believes. And so you're, it's not simply that you are being forced to do work that you don't want to do. It's that you're being forced to believe and keep your mouth shut about things that you may not want to keep your mouth shut about. You know, people misunderstand, and I said I didn't want to get too heavy into politics, but again, this is 4th of July weekend, so I'm going to be real. The whole, the whole theme of this, uh, the name of the episode, you know, natriotism. You know, it's funny play on words, but it's just sort of my views on different things. And we're going to tie uh, some different, you know, patriotic themes throughout this episode. And I'll lighten things up here in a minute, talking about movies and, you know, a little bit of sports going back to my old days of doing the show. But, um, you know, we take that for granted. You hear a lot of times people say, well, you know, we don't, you know, people say, you know, I don't have a voice anymore. Freedom of speech is, is being infringed upon and this and that. Like, y'all got to understand how freedom of speech actually works. Freedom of speech protects you as an American. It doesn't protect you as an employee. You know, so when you see people say questionable things and, you know, lose their job or you go through someone's Twitter, like we did with Kevin Hart last year at the Oscars, he's still an American, but he said some things in his past that he probably shouldn't have said. And so institutions aren't responsible for you being an intelligent person on Twitter. You know, they're trying to present an image, whether it's false or, or fake or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like they're still trying to project an image 
of you know that was one of the good points that was brought to my attention about the uh, the slave labor with Nike and everything is that Nike tries its best to present that patriotic sort of image even in the midst of the Colin Kaepernick situation where they're saying no like we're not anti-American we're actually pro-American we're pro-freedom of speech pro all this but yet you know they engage in practices that are you know a little bit less than becoming I'll put it that way and so when you see people you know say stupid things and say you know ignorant things and then lose their job oh I thought freedom of speech well yeah you're still an American the last time I checked because those freedoms don't extend, for example, like if you're in Great Britain. If you say, you know, one of the jokes, it's not a joke, but their thing is God save the queen. Well, if you say something like we're all the time in America um, bashing our leaders, you know, whether you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter doesn't make a difference to me. You're more than welcome to go on Facebook, go on television, go wherever and say F that guy. He's the worst, whatever. You can say all those things you want, and you're still protected as an American. You can still go about your day, you know, and you're not going to get extradited or sent off to another country. If you do stuff like that in Great Britain and say bad stuff about the Queen, it's a different story. So that's something worth looking into. Um, But I want people to be aware of that because it's one of those things. It's like I've seen that complaint more over the last month than anything about you know you say something never mind the fact that like it's wrong to say these things like i don't even want to get into arguments about like racism or whatever at least not on this episode we did plenty of that in the previous two Um, not arguments but having conversations about those topics so i don't even want to focus on that this time but there are certain things that just shouldn't be said shouldn't be thought like there's a time that we thought as a country that slavery was okay it's clearly not an okay thing um, the same way that and this is just my opinion. Um, this doesn't reflect anyone else's views. It's just my own personal thing. The same way I believe that um, college athletics, to a certain degree, is also slave labor. Um, and I'll, I've been on that for years, and I've never really done a full breakdown episode of what I really mean by that. And I'll do that as college football season starts. So don't worry. But um, yeah, it's like there are things that we think within the college football, the college athletic system that we just accept as being okay when they're probably not okay. And you're starting to see the, the sands shift on that a little bit. You're starting to see like the state of Florida. uh, The state of Florida seems to always be first to do things for better or worse, but where they're allowing their student athletes to receive endorsement checks starting next year. And while I believe that's a good thing, I also believe the NCAA will find a way to screw those athletes over as they always do because they have their own interests. And if I know I'm all over the place, but it's the Nate show, get used to it. Uh, man, like, so if you want a plain as day example of athletics, especially amateur athletics, putting profit and, um, Profit and, and, and winning and all these other things over just human decency. Watch the movie, uh, the documentary Athlete A on Netflix. So on the surface, this documentary is about Larry Nasser and him sexually abusing those young women um, through, you know, because he was working for Michigan State. And it's just, I don't even like to even 
my stomach just started hurting just thinking about it. Um, but so they break that down. But what it's really about is the USA gymnastic system and how this was a pattern of behavior for 20, 25 years. And it was brought up and ignored. And not only was it ignored, it was stepped over and like, now we got to focus on these things. It's just really un unsettling and uncomfortable to watch. But if you want a plainest day example of how that type of corruption, how that type of mindset works, and, you know, I would look into that. And um, I believe it's time that, you know, about 12 minutes, about 13 minutes in here that we, you know, lighten things up because I could sit and, and you know, talk about these things um, for a long time. And sorry, I keep breathing into the phone. This is the most that I've talked consecutively for a long, in a long time. So I, um, and I don't feel like chopping this podcast up today. I want to do it straight through and, and get it, get it done. But I'm excited about these next couple topics here. It's, you know, with it being 4th of July weekend, a lot of good movies come out 4th of July weekend. And it's unfortunate that this year, you know, you know, movie theaters aren't open, which I understand for safety purposes is absolutely, you know, the uh, the right move. But it is it's tough because that's something that, you know, Christmas as well. It's, you know, those those are the times that, you know, all these you know these big holiday weekends, you know, big movies come out. And, you know, some of the best movies of all time have come out on these major holidays and. You know, I was uh, surprised because I know, obviously, Independence Day, the movie, uh, is one of the more well-known Fourth of July movies. But I thought, well, beyond, you know, what movies are about the Fourth of July, because I, I looked into it, and there's actually not as many movies about the Fourth of July as I thought there would be. There are several movies with scenes that take place on the Fourth of July in them, but they... There wasn't as many of them, and some of them were like really obscure, even moments that you might not even remember as being part of that specific movie. So I thought, well, that's sort of an awkward thing to talk about. So I went and looking for, you know, what are the best movies that came out on Fourth of July weekend? And luckily, I found, let me see here, we got Ranker.com. Let me pull this up here for a second. All right, so what we have here is ranker is pretty cool because it's not an exact science but it's it's by the people for the people so you get you can either up arrow or down arrow beside of each choice and that's how they sort of tabulate you know th their list here so it's not an exact science there's not an overwhelming amount of votes but i thought that it reflected you know i was looking at imdb and kind of cross-referencing where these movies ranked on like all-time lists and stuff like that and it's pretty close. It's not, again, it's not an exact science, uh, but I'm going to give you the top 10 and I'm going to give you some honorable mentions in movies that, you know, I didn't realize were that they came out on the 4th of July or I'd just forgotten about them or whatever. Um, they actually have a top 25 list here. Uh, they had at the Will Smith movie, superhero movie, quote unquote, uh, Hancock at number 24. I had totally forgotten about that movie, but. Uh, anyways, yeah, The Perfect Storm at number 20, uh, Devil Wears Prada all the way down at number 18, um, so that's interesting. Uh, I've noticed a lot of Will Smith and Tom Cruise on this top 25 list, uh, Men in Black 2 at 15, uh, Transformers, the first Transformers at 14, uh, Armageddon, I'm basically just giving you the top, I'm just going to go from there, top 15, so uh, Armageddon at 13, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man at 12, and then The Patriot uh, at number 11 with Mel Gibson and that amazing Spider-Man that's the re-release the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man not um 
you know, the OG Tobey Maguire or anything like that. So at, at number 10, we have Despicable Me 2. You know, I, I believe that those first two Despicable Me movies were um, all-time classic kids' movies and really great movies just to watch because there's so much, I won't call it adult humor, but there's so much humor that adults will get and understand in those movies. And I think those are just uh, fantastic. You know, number nine, uh, Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. Uh, this was towards the tail end of Eddie Murphy's just amazing run through the 80s where he starts on SNL, has two of the, the best stand-up specials ever, and he's in you know all these hit movies. And even The Golden Child was a good movie, even though it doesn't get recognized as often as it should. Um, and then you know he ended the 80s with Harlem Nights, which is a divisive movie, uh, but it's one that I enjoy. And if it's on TV, I'll usually sit and watch it for a little bit. Uh, number eight, Die Hard 2, came out uh, in 1990 on Independence Day weekend. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I've never seen any of the Die Hard movies, so um should probably get on that. Number seven, uh, League of Their Own, Madonna, Tom Hanks, uh, baseball movie, 1992. Uh, number six, speaking of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2. Uh, I, remember that, I remember seeing that opening weekend in 2004 as a teenager and loved it even though I still prefer the first movie over the second one, even though, kind of like The Godfather, a lot of people like the second one. I prefer the first one. Number five, uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks. Number five is Apollo 13. I was reading <laughs> the actors. Number five is the movie Tom Hanks. Like, you know. Anyway, so uh, Apollo 13. Yet another one I haven't seen yet, even though I've always wanted to, so that's probably I should probably see if that's available streaming anywhere. Uh, number four uh, obviously, Independence Day, 1996. Uh, Will Smith, this is at a time similarly to the run that Eddie Murphy had in the 80s. Will Smith was on top of the world at this point in the 90s, you know, coming off of Fresh Prince and Independence Day, Men in Black, and of course, you know, hit music all over the radio. Um, and speaking of, number three, Men in Black, the very next year. Um, big fan of the first two Men in Blacks. Again, third one, kind of you know weird and iffy and then that new one that new one with chris hemsworth was an abomination but anyway moving on uh number two terminator 2 judgment day um some classic man i'm not gonna say that the terminator movies are the best movies ever made but they're definitely um all-time great action movies and and worth seeing just because of what they are and number one coming out in 1985 back to the future and Back to the Future is interesting to me because as a series, like, it's beloved. People really love the Back to the Future series. And I don't dislike Back to the Future. I just am really apathetic towards it. If someone's like, hey, the, uh, Back to the Future's on, or hey, they're showing, you know, Back to the Future marathon at the theater, it's like, okay, cool, like, have fun. Like, I, I sincerely don't care about it. Uh, I'm always kind of weird with time travel and movies anyway. Because I just feel like you're opening a lot of different loopholes that don't make sense. Because there's obviously no set rule for time travel. Because, you know, depending on what you believe, it, you know, doesn't exist. So, anyway, Back to the Future. According to Ranker.com and the people that voted, like all 150 of them. Um, Back to the Future, the all-time best movie to come out on 4th of July weekend. And in keeping with this patriotism, natriotism topic, what better place to go than to 
the namesake, the New England Patriots, the football team. And don't tune out yet. Don't tune out if you're a sports fan. You, you've been tired of hearing about the Patriots since 2001. Like, I'm with you. But this, the idea that they now have Cam Newton as their quarterback is, to me, as fascinating of an NFL offseason story as you can have, especially when you factor in, you know, where we've been as a country, where we've been as far as, you know, with COVID going on and the race relations, the idea that, and I'll get into the details in a second, but the idea that New England, the Boston area, as their sports team would sign not just a black quarterback to their team, but specifically that black quarterback that's that outspoken, that's that flamboyant, that dresses that well, that's that um, attention-seeking at times. And I'm not saying any of these as uh, knocks on Cam Newton. Cam Newton is my favorite player in the NFL. Um, So this isn't um, a knock on him at all. What I'm saying is that, like, when you have these perceived – things about you that you know because even when back in 2015 when he was the league MVP took the Panthers to the Super Bowl he was heavily criticized for being a bit of a showman being whatever that stereotype is he was criticized for it quite often and so to take that having not really played much over the last couple seasons you know he's had two different shoulder surgeries over the last three seasons he had a fractured foot last year Uh, So he's not really played, and that was the excuse as to why it took so long for any team to take a flyer on him or to sign him is because, hey, he has not played in a while. And, um, you know, it's been a minute, and he's 0-8 in his last eight starts, and, you know, all these things are true. But, you know, this is a guy that, again, we're not far removed from an MVP in a Super uh, Bowl-level season, you know, where he got his team to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Broncos in Peyton Manning's final season. But um, what I find interesting on top of that is, yeah, because, again, it's it's New England, it's Boston. And if you don't know, Boston has its own history of racism, has its own history of not exactly being accepting of, you know, black athletes and black culture. You know, despite Bill Russell being, you know, in addition to an all-time great NBA player, bringing over 10 championships to that city. Um, you know, the Red Sox. Like, yeah, Roger Clemens was the one pitching through the bloody sock, but it was David Ortiz that was their savior in those World Series championship seasons. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. There are bas- and I, the, His name's escaping me right now, and I should have had this prepared, but there are um, some high-level baseball players. There was one in particular that in each contract that he signed – he, the only team he had in his contract to not be traded to was the Red Sox because he knew about that city and the way that they treat black people. And so for Cam Newton to be heading there, I wonder how that's going to play out um, on top of all this other stuff. And, you know, the other stuff is wildly interesting as well because he's signing a minimum deal. You know, there are people, and I'll get to that in a second, so I want to give the details of this first. Cam Newton signed a deal that if he meets all of his performance incentives, it's worth one year $7.5 million. 
but if he doesn't hit any of those incentives, it's $1.05 million, which is the league minimum. And that, to me, is just astounding. And again, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that he hasn't played. I know that um, he's had a rough go of it the last couple seasons. But the one point, the league minimum for a guy, I want to do some things by comparison here because Richard Sherman had sent out a tweet out about how many former league MVPs do you know signing for the league minimum asking for a friend? And he was talking about, you know, other quarterbacks that are mediocre but getting big money. And I'm not necessarily saying, even though I do believe they are, even if you don't believe these quarterbacks are mediocre, I want you to listen to these numbers. Phillip Rivers, who's 38 years old, just signed a one-year $25 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Nick Foles signed a deal with the Jaguars last season, got traded to the Bears. Uh, he still has three years left on his contract. It's worth up to $24 million, but here's the kicker. $21 million of that is guaranteed. So no matter how bad or mediocre Nick Foles is, he's still going to get guaranteed $21 million over the next three seasons. And quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who just signed an extension with the Titans, had played for Miami up until this past season, had a, a good season, uh, went to the AFC Championship game in Tennessee, signed a four-year $118 million uh, extension. And that, to me, is just, you know, astounding in addition to all these other things. Um, that Cam Newton would sign for the minimum. Uh, Cam Newton can still play. You know, this is sort of the argument about, you know, when we have conversations, one of the ways that we justified Colin Kaepernick not being in the NFL anymore when he was doing the national anthem stuff and kneeling, and, and it seems like we are kind of past that now. You know, the NFL is, has said, you know, you know, we – you know, it was a mistake and this and that. So I don't even want to get into all that, but the argument that was being made with Colin Kaepernick was, well, he's not playing well. He's not been playing well. That's not. That's why he's not in the league. But then you look at what, um, I won't say their name, but the team in Washington who I've, I've grown up uh, rooting for and has always been my favorite NFL team, for them to, at a, at a point when Alex Smith got injured a couple seasons ago, they brought in Mark Sanchez, who had been out of the league for a minute, Josh Johnson, who had been out of the league for a minute, um, and never even gave Colin Kaepernick so much as a, a tryout, which, again, you know, if a PR department within an NFL team was scared at that time to take a chance on Colin Kaepernick, I guess on the surface I can understand that. But, you know, to say that it's because he's not good enough, that, like, that was no longer the excuse is my point. And that same team, I'm a bit confused as to why they didn't try with Cam Newton this time because Ron Rivera is the new coach. Ron Rivera was Cam's coach in Carolina. So unless there was some sort of beef or something that never really got reported, I don't really understand. I know that Dwayne Haskins is in Washington and is, you know, they they drafted him really high last year so they want to see how he does, but it, I don't know that it could have hurt to have Cam Newton, especially if it's a one-year deal to have um to have Cam on the roster. So I, I don't really, you know, understand what that's all about. But I digress. Um I'm really interested to see how the Cam situation plays out in New England uh, because you know, you have another layer to this, and we'll start to wrap up here in a second. Another layer to this is that, um, you know, they lost Tom Brady. Tom Brady now in Tampa. I'm sure people that keep up with the sport know that by now. 
And so we were over here thinking the Patriots are done. They're going to take a year off and, and rebuild and, and get a high draft pick and come back and be better and this and that. And now all of a sudden they have Cam Newton. Um, they're still probably the, the favorite in their division, which means they're at least a playoff team. And when you get to the playoffs, you, you never know. You, we've seen before, you know, teams that sneak into the playoffs and, you know, go all the way to and win the Super Bowl. You know, the Packers in 2010 sort of backed into the playoffs. They had to have a lot of things go their way. Um, that's what's wild about that, that Deshaun Jackson highlight that everyone sees where the Eagles came down from, you know, they were down 21 to the Giants and came back in the fourth quarter. And uh, the game ended on that punt return touchdown by Deshaun Jackson. People don't understand that, like, if, if the Giants had won that game, the Packers would have been eliminated from playoff contention. But it kept – uh, the Packers alive. The Packers end up going and beating the Eagles in the playoffs, which is is wild. And then, you know, continue to move on and, and you know, beat the Bears, and then they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. So yeah, you never know. So if the Patriots are able to make the, the playoffs with Cam Newton as quarterback, who knows? And you know, with with that coach, Coach Belichick, and with that uh, offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, and the skill set, the fact that Cam Newton is unlike any other you know quarterback that we've ever seen. Um, he's taken a lot of hits over his career. Um, I, I remember looking at a stat, he's taken like 922 hits, and in like in that same time frame, the only person, the person that's in second place, I believe, is Russell Wilson at like 624 or something. So Cam's taken like 300 more hits over the same time frame at quarterback, which is just unheard of. But, you know, that's what makes him dangerous and, and a, a really special player. So. You know, it's worth checking out. And uh, speaking of worth checking out, you know, go check out those movies that I named, you know, on the ranker list. And also, um, you know, check out those previous, especially those previous two, uh, the Nate Show podcast episodes. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, start wrapping up here. We're going to get into some longer form conversations and, and chats here soon. This one, you know, I just barely went over 30 minutes at this point. Uh, I feel like I've, it's hard to like, I'm not complaining, but like it's, it's weird, especially if you've not done it in a while, to get on and, you know, talk just to yourself for over 30 minutes. So just talk and talk and talk. Like, that's a weird thing to do. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's really weird. Like, it, it, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, part of it is sort of therapeutic <laughs> for me. But, um, you know, it is, and my throat's getting really dry and my it's funny because my Gatorade bottle is just like barely out of reach and I could reach for it but I don't feel like doing that so anyway I'll just go ahead and start wrapping up but yeah we've got some longer form conversations uh, much like those previous two episodes uh, they'll probably be a little bit longer going forward and we'll check in with Brandy from time to time see how she's doing see how things are going on her front you know I've got some some friends and some professionals that are coming by to the Nate Show podcast here uh pretty soon and i'm gonna go ahead and start fading the, the music in here and uh you know doing it live it's been pretty fun but um yeah it's like i'm excited about some of the stuff that's going on in the nate show podcast and some things that are coming up and uh i am uh i'm excited about it it's good to be back in the swing of doing this and i'm looking forward to having some fun and exciting guests and some good conversations and uh, collaborations that sort of thing so you know if you made it this far i do appreciate it i always say you could be anywhere in the world but you're here with me I appreciate that. And on that note, I will say that I hope to have you back next time. But if not, I get it.